Hello, this is Dominic Kearns with the Rising as One podcast. Before we begin, we'd like to thank our partners, the Beautiful Game Network. You can see their stuff at bgn.fm. And Firebird Rising. You can find their stuff at firebirdrising.corair.com. And we'd also like to thank our new sponsor, Roughneck Scarves. And now, let's get on to the show. Hello and welcome to the Rising is One podcast. This is Dominic Kearns here with both Jeff and Kyle. How are you guys doing? Uh, doing great today. Uh, glad to be back uh, after a week vacation. Uh, nice time over in San Diego and uh, glad to be back with you guys this week. Yeah, yeah, I'm doing good. It's uh, it's nice to finally have the whole group together. So it'll be, be a good pod today. Definitely, definitely agree. Um, should we just jump right into... Two of our big signings from the latest week. Let's do. Uh, sure thing. Obviously, the the early week signing, uh, bringing Kevin Freighter in from Colorado Springs, uh, dynamic forward who scored uh, 12 goals last season. Um, I, I don't know what else you can say about this signing, but boy, what a what a coup to get so late uh, before the preseason gets started. Uh, obviously, he's going to bolster a front line that already includes a Jason Johnson, uh, you know, a Didier Drogba now possibly, you know, you, you could add Billy Forbes to that list at times when he's not playing the midfield. Um, it definitely gives you a, a wide a wide variety of ways you can go throughout the season now. Totally. I think, I think that this is going to be one of those signings that when, uh, when we're looking for someone who's dynamic and br- can bring something different into a match, we'll be able to call on Freighter and uh, kind of rely on him to bring those. I mean, we all saw his some of the goals he scored last year. He had some uh, some real beauties, so I'm I'm very excited. Yeah, I mean, uh, I definitely agree. This actually goes kind of to a Twitter question that we posed earlier in the week on our Twitter account: Who do you think is going to lead the team in goal scoring? And I actually do see Kevon Freider leading the team in goal scoring this year because he just has a knack for scoring some really difficult chances. You know, he scored 12 goals for a Colorado Springs team last year that really wasn't a scoring juggernaut. They were getting shut out at times. And now he moves up to Phoenix Rising, a team where he's going to get better service, be around better players on a squad that's going to score more goals per match. So you're thinking he's going to have more opportunities and, you know, what he did with the opportunities he had last year, incredible. You really need to check out some of the goals. I think he had an amazing free kick against Vancouver Whitecaps, too. He had one game against Tulsa where he just put the team on his back and, you know, gave them a road win when they were down 2-0. Um, so, I'm, I mean, I'm thrilled with that move. And I thought we were already set at the top. Uh, it's going to be a nightmare game planning 
against us at the top with all the options we have. You know, uh, now it's Jason Johnson, Drogba when he plays, Kavon Freider, Billy Forbes can join us up top. And that's not even mentioning Chris Cortez, who proved he was very capable last year. Yeah, I mean, you're, you're talking about a deep, deep front line, you know, not not only, you know, with the forwards, but I mean, you can even look at the the midfielders as well. If, you, if you're going to slot a Cortez back in the midfield, you slot a, a, a Billy Forbes back in the midfield, you slot a Didier Drogba back in the midfield, you still have uh, Kevon Lambert who could fall even deeper back in the lineup if need be at times. You still got Solomon Asante that's going to sit up there in the middle. You've got Colin Fernandez who's coming in. Um, we'll talk about the other signing that comes in, you know, later this week. But I mean, you want to talk about a, a stacked front? I, I love the tweet that the team put out this week. Or somebody, you know, or it was I don't know if it was the team or somebody else, but they had a had a picture of Carterone just kind of glaring up in the air, like. And the question was, how many goals can we get out of this team this year? I mean, <laughs> that was a great tweet that I saw out there this week. It just it makes you think. I mean, this this is going to be a goal-heavy team this year. Yeah, and uh, just to provide some context to that, uh, we ran another poll more recently on our account. You know, how many goals do you think Phoenix Rising is going to score this year? Keep in mind, we scored 51 goals in 32 games last year, with the options being, you know, below 50 goals, uh, 51 to 57, 58 to 65 and then 66 plus and you know almost everyone said that we're going to score at least 58 goals this season that's those are some incredible numbers but i think we have we have the squad to do it uh i see us being somewhere around that 60 goal range uh and then when you keep that in mind that's almost two goals a match which uh would be right up there with the you know league leaders reno had the most all time in usl last year was 75 from 32 matches but uh, it sure looks like we have a squad that can get in the 60s and maybe even crack 70 if we really get it going. I, I agree completely, Dominic. I, I personally kind of th- agree with you. I think we'll be in the 60, 60 range. I answered that poll, and it was the, the one that was between 58 and 65. Um, one thing that, that I'll be looking for is is set plays. Last season, I think that was some of a weakness for us. So I think with some of the the guys that we brought in this season, I think set pieces and corners are going to be a real focus for us coming into this year. I totally agree with you there. I mean, that was, was, you know, granted it was Didier Drogba's forte to to be be doing that for the most part. But I think now we have guys that, you know, with the Jason Johnson, you know, with now a a Kevon Freider, you know, with a Billy Forbes, you know, I think we have a lot of guys who we can use in multiple ways on set pieces. We don't always have to just rely on one person. We've got three or four mm-hmm. that can do different things this year. So I think that's definitely something to be on the watch for this year. Agree a hundred percent with you guys. Uh, so, and, then, and I guess one last thing before we get to the next guy is I was just curious about Freighter's age, um, you know, thinking about him and how, how good he looked against us he scored the first goal against us in that game back in july he just turned 23 in december so again this goes to our policy in general of signing young players who still have a lot of years left in front of them uh the average age in usl has gotten younger uh, from this year compared to last year but you've really seen it in the phoenix rising transfer policies 
even going back to midseason last year, most of the players we brought in were mid-20s or younger. You know, you look at guys like Kevon Lambert, who was 20 at the time, um, Amadou Dia, who was like 23 at the time. And you're seeing more of that this offseason, bringing in Fernandez and now Kevon Freider, who I didn't realize he was that young. That's incredible. Yeah, that is, that is incredible. Well, let's get to the uh, let's get to the second signing of the week. Uh, just announced yesterday, uh, bringing in uh, midfielder from Montreal Impact, uh, Ricci. Uh, this is an interesting signing, guys, in the fact that it's a young kid who's going to get a, a full year on loan here. You know, with Phoenix Rising, it'll be interesting to see how they use him. I mean, obviously, brought in for depth. Um, I don't think you expect to see him in a starting role right away, obviously, you know, being that, he, that he's only 19, he's going to be learning a lot of things down here. And obviously Montreal not feeling as confident with him putting him in a, in a system of their choosing that would make things worse. Um, your guys' thoughts on, on, on this signing and, and, and where, you know, where you feel he's probably going to slot. I, I I too see him as a as a backup to Kevon Lambert. Um, I was watching some of his some of his highlights yesterday, and uh, he he's got a great presence on the ball. I mean, he, I've see, saw him hitting some balls probably sixty yards upfield across to uh, a forward on the right, and his I mean his accuracy was was awesome. But I also did see a few of the younger mistakes that you see with a nineteen year old. So I, I agree with you. I do see him as a depth player. But I also think that he will get – I think he'll get his chance. Yeah, I mean, um, an academy guy for an MLS side, he's only 19, which is kind of nice. I uh, can't really see him starting in a starting 11 kind of situation unless it's maybe one of those midweek matches where we're – you know, we have a large span of games in a short amount of time. I could definitely see him being in our Open Cup matches. And it'll be interesting. You might see – uh, Luca Ricci out there next Saturday against New York Red Bulls. Um, so that'll be something to keep your eyes open for. But, uh, you know, it's a Quebec connection following in the footsteps of Alessandro Ricci. So it'll be nice. He'll have a mentor to kind of guide him along. And going back to the highlights, he does have some great touch on some of those passes. Um, and, and yeah, of course, he's going to make some mistakes, especially defensively. But what I like, too, is it's another one of these guys that provides tactical flexibility. He can play a defensive mid. He can also play right back if need be. Uh, so, again, it's just good to cover your bases as much as possible so that if injuries do hit, and, you know, let's hope they don't. But if they do, we have these guys that can step up and at least put in a solid performance. So, we, so we've, we've talked about these changes Obviously, you know, we're heading into the point now where we're going to see some of these preseason games coming along. Where do you guys feel at this point where uh, where we're lacking? What, you know, what, what do we need to be kind of on the lookout for in the next couple of weeks, you know, as we begin this preseason trek? You know, is there something that you're looking to, to see, you know, out of these next few games? That's a great question. Um, I, I mean, as far as signings are concerned, any signings at this point is just icing on the cake. And, you know, it is possible that we could get 
another couple signings and maybe even one more by the time you guys are listening to this. But, I mean, as far as signings are concerned, I'm okay. I just want to see the guys play hard and implement Carter Rowan's tactics as well as possible because they're going up against MLS sides. You know, the wins, the draws, the results aren't really what matters that much. It is spring training. It's kind of like any other sport, especially baseball, comes to mind. Uh, it's not necessarily who has the larger number on the scoreboard when it's all said and done. It's are the players developing? Are they adapting to the coach's tactics? Um, you know, if you can get a win on the top, that's great. But I just want to see them play hard and, you know, represent Phoenix Rising well. That's And especially the new guys, hopefully they can just come right in and get some playing time. I, I I totally agree, Dominic. I think I think what I'm going to be looking for personally is our midfield defensive passing. I, I really I think that that Kevon Lambert kind of being our catalyst there and and getting the ball from from our back line and working it up to the midfield. I think last season we saw when he came in that was something that kind of just changed how our how our team was able to move the ball. So I, I'm really interested to see how that connection continues. And I'm also interested in seeing what kind of lineup we put out there for our forwards. I, I, I really don't know right now. I mean, do we go do we go with two up top? Do we go with three up top? I, I, I'm not sure. So I'm just I'm kind of intrigued to see who ends up out there on uh, on next Saturday. I think the one thing that, I, that I'll be keying on you know over the next few weeks is, looking to see who who are going to be the backups as far as central defense goes right now. Obviously, you've got Colin Farrell and you've got Duigi Mala in the center. Dia has been mentioned as a possibility in center back, but I don't think he's strong enough and tall enough for, for a central back position. So do we possibly see a Kevon Lambert in the preseason play some center back and see what he can do back there? Do we have a couple of players that are, that are trialists that they might possibly be looking at. I think those are going to be, that'll be an interesting thing to watch over the next couple of weeks. Because obviously your left and your right are pretty much set with Dia and Vasquez on the left, with uh, Frimpong and uh, and Cody Wakasa on the right. I think you're set there. I think it's just a matter of figuring out who those middle defenders are going to be when you don't have a Colin Farrell, when you don't have a Duigi Mala set to go. You know, Who's that guy that's going to come in and back you up? And and maybe they turn to uh, Dia and play him at central back and see if he can do better this time. Um, and a really interesting thing I saw the other day, maybe they try using some three defender looks. I mean, I know that that's, that's not really Patrice Carteron's MO. Typically, he's a pretty defensive-minded coach. But we definitely have the kind of guys who have the speed now on the wings where we could potentially do that. Um, it, it, so I guess I guess that goes into my point, my bigger point. I'm fascinated to see what the tactics looks like over these next few weeks. Is he going to stay with the same formation for most of these matches? Is he going to change the formation mid-game for some of these matches? Is he going to just switch it up based on the opponent? Or is he just going to switch it up just to see, all right, I'm, we have five games in this mobile mini cup. I'm going to do four different formations and just see how people respond to each one. And like this game, no matter what, we're going to play a three, four, three and just see how it goes. 
uh, this game we're going to do, you know, what we did last year with the four, uh, four, one, three, two, and see how that goes. I, I'm just, I'm fascinated to see what kind of tactical decisions he makes and, you know, what, what the results are of that. Yeah, I totally yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, uh, I'm, I've been uh, kind of going over that in my mind too the past few days, and I, I do think at some point we could th- see a three-man backline. I, I really do. Yeah, and you could be looking at, at you know, whether that's Duigi Mala or whether that's a, you know Colin Farrell playing that center spot with the, with the two wides. You know, and anything could be possible at this point. And like you said, it's not all about results in this preseason. It's all about finding out what you can do with the talent you have on the field the talent that you have sitting on the bench and what tactical formations will work best with the players that you have there. I mean, like it's like you said, Dominic wins, you know, draws, you know, yeah, that's the gravy on the top, but let's, let's see what we have. Let's see what we can deal with. And, you know, if the decision is okay, we're going to play with three in the back, then that's the, you know, then let's see, you know, where it brings us. If it's, if it's going to be the traditional four, two, three, one that he loved playing for most of the year, Okay, we got we got that in front of us now too. So, you know, I I think that'll be the focus more is is just seeing how tactically these guys work together. Yeah, but that being said, I think the matches I do want to pay attention to as far as a results uh, standpoint is concerned are the last Mobile Mini Cup match in Tucson, which will be February twenty fourth. Because that's going to be in front of a lot of MLS rosters, a lot of MLS scouts, and it's going to be the fifth match of preseason. So by that point, the guys should be in gear and should be playing a pretty strong lineup for that matchup. So I want to see how they're going to play there, especially because the next match, four days later, February 28th, out in Ecuador against LDU Quito, I would expect us to treat that match like it's like it's a cup match or but like a late round cup match or a regular season match against a strong USL side. I, I would expect a full first team to start that match. Like I expect the team to take that one very seriously. And if you're looking for whether certain guys are match fit, if they can do it in altitude for that match, I think they'll be just fine a few weeks later in orange County. So those are the two that I really am looking for, you know, actual results. And I'll be I'll be critiquing the players' performances a little bit more seriously because I would expect the team to take those matches a little more seriously. I don't know if you guys agree or not. No, I agree with you completely. I mean, you know, like you said, by that point you're you're four games you're four games into a schedule and five games into a schedule. And yeah, you're still going to have one or two coming back on the back side of that, which you know will basically be maintenance type matches. But yeah, that's that's the point where you're going to look at it and you go, okay, now you can really see who's going to slot where. This is probably a, a pretty good idea of what lineup you're going to throw out there. Um, yeah, I totally agree with you on that. Yeah, I, I agree with you guys too. I think I think that Ecuador match will. Most likely, see what our uh, starting eleven is going to look like to begin the season. Because there's, if there's one thing I know about Didier Drogba, if there's one thing I know about Patrice Carterone, we're not going to Ecuador to just get run over five to nil by that side. We're not going to play a bunch of trialists 
it would be a disservice and a disrespect to all those people that are paying to watch a really strong side come into their home building. I think we're going to take that match very seriously. And that's why I say also the last match of the mini cup, I would assume that we're going to prepare for the LDU keto match. So those are the two I have my eyes on. Yeah. I, yep. totally, I totally agree. Well, we should get to the match that's happening next Saturday, though, just seven days from now. And even fewer by the time most of you are listening to this. Saturday, February 10th, 7 p.m. at the Phoenix Rising Soccer Complex. Open to the public. Phoenix Rising versus the New York Red Bulls. Are you guys excited for this one or what? Hey, everybody's excited. It's it's soccer time now. I mean, we've, we've waited, what, four months now almost, you know, for this game to come around and you know, everybody hated seeing soccer end in, in early October, you know, with the uh, with the the loss to, to uh, Swill Park Rangers. But, you know, like we said, this is the first match of the preseason. Obviously, the you know, you had some trialists play against Sporting KC earlier this week, which obviously didn't, you know, you, you, doesn't amount to a whole lot. Obviously, you know, maybe for a couple of people, it earned them a chance of, of playing in this game possibly we'll see but you know like i said this is the first game of the preseason i don't have too many big expectations on this match i really don't you know like we said we want to see tactics we want to see a little bit of fitness out of these guys i'm sure you'll get a decent run of you know maybe 45 minutes out of some of the guys you know maybe some you'll see a little bit longer who knows but you know just the fact that you can have an MLS team come up here and play these guys, I mean, that's just, you know, the fans are going to love seeing these games up here in the, in the Mobile Mini Sun Cup. Definitely. That's that's the thing that I think is going to stick out the most. I mean, just look at last preseason to this preseason. You know, it, nobody would have thought that we would be playing MLS teams in preseason last year. You know, we were, we were playing GCU on a college campus. So I, I really think that the, I think the atmosphere is just going to be awesome. I think the fans, I think we'll see a good good show up for the fans. And, uh, yeah, I think tactically I'm just looking to see uh, kind of where we're going to land to start the season. You know, like Do you guys said, have uh, – go on. You know, like you said, you know, like you said Kyle, you know, you know, great to see these teams come up here. Think about – you know, and you said think about where we were a year ago. Think about what management has done to put us in this position. I mean, you know, between you know a year ago, you're you're putting in an application to to possibly get an MLS franchise, to signing you know Sean Wright Phillips and Didier Drogba, you know, to now <clears throat> you're hosting the mobile, you know, you're hosting the mobile mini Sun Cup with all these MLS teams. You're going over to Ecuador to play one of the top teams, you know, in their league. You know, again. We've said this over and over time and time again. Kudos to this management team for working their butts off to get the quality of opponents not only here but around the world, but just to put that foot forward to show people that, hey, we really do care about soccer in this state and we really do want to see this thing succeed. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I think that they have shown that they, they are committed and that that they're going to do – everything they can to get us into MLS and they're trying to get as many eyes on this team 
And I think this season we're going to grow even more than last. Yeah, I mean, if you, without getting too uh, sidetracked with the whole MLS bid and that talk, uh, I think almost all the elements are in place now other than just someone who can step in with the pockets that MLS is looking for. Uh, I think if that happens, we can jump Sacramento because uh, the thing with Sacramento is if the MLS wanted them so bad, why aren't they in yet? But uh, that's that's enough MLS talk for today. We can get back to that. <laughs> I'm sure we'll get back to that quite a bit over the next few months. Yeah. Um, I'm curious what you guys are thinking about our starting 11 for Saturday. I'm expecting to see as many new players as possible to start the match. I think it'll be a strong side because I think just about all of our players are of a starting caliber in USL. So this the side's going to be competitive no matter what. But I, I would assume that you're going to see as many new faces as possible. So uh, maybe maybe Drogba sits to start the match. You know, maybe you don't even see Rigi to start the match. But you're I would expect to see Yafrimpong at the start. I would expect to see Solomon Asante at the start, Colin Fernandez, uh, Freighter, possibly Billy Forbes. It'll be interesting to see where he slots in. I think Carterone's going to try to give those new guys as much of a run as possible. Uh, so maybe Burn, uh, Burner or Dallas J to start in goal. And then with these preseason matches, a lot of times, whether it's at halftime or even at the 30-minute mark, they tend to make mass substitutions, so a lot of guys will see their way onto the pitch at some point. But what are you what are you guys expecting for a starting lineup? I I also expect to see a lot of young guys to to start it off. I think that that's that's who Carteron's going to want to see. You know, he hasn't had the opportunity to see them see them play together, so I think that's going to be kind of where he uh, where he starts with. But I I I kind of think um, I think Devin Vega. I think will. Probably see him, maybe not starting, but I think he'll come on at, at some point. Um, I, the biggest question mark for me is our center back. W- who do we start in the in the beginning of that of that match? I I personally think that it will be Farrell and uh, I'm thinking Farrell and Mala, just because I think he's going to want to see how those two uh, their kind of chemistry they have together and how they how they can connect on passes, but. I would not be surprised to see uh, to see Lambert go back there at some point in the match. Yeah, I totally agree with you there, Kyle. Um, <clears throat> and both you know both of you guys on, on your comments as far as seeing a lot of the newer players. I think Patrice knows what he's going to get out of certain individuals. You know, out of a, out of Chris Cortez, out of a you know out of out of Cody Acosta, Amadou Dia, Cody Va- uh, uh, Va- I'm not Cody Va- uh, Vasquez, Victor Vasquez. Sorry, you know. I agree. I think you're going to see a Duigi Mala and Colin Farrell back there just to see how they mesh in the beginning. You know, Colin Fernandez, Devin Vega, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if we even see 45 minutes of Ricci, you know, mm-hmm. you know, getting getting to see what kind of things he can do and, and where he can slot best. Um, <clears throat> as far as getting, you know, Burner and I think Burner and Dallas J will probably split the time because he knows what he gets from Carl Wazinski because he's seen him for, you know, like like we said, a lot of those players that he's already seen and knows what they can do, I don't think you see a lot of play from that. I, I don't even think we see Didier Drogba on the field for this game at all, period. You know, 
I think you might see 20 or 30 minutes from Rigi. You might see 20 or 30 minutes from Chris Cortez. But I think he wants to see a lot of the newer players just to see what they can do and where they where they fit best. I totally agree with you guys on that. Mm-hmm. See, that's that's interesting because, you know, on one hand, Didier Drogba in particular, I think a lot of the other guys, I agree, you might not need to see them. I just, I know that Drogba certainly doesn't need to play any preseason if he doesn't want to. He's earned that that respect he's earned that right but i also feel like he loves playing on those biggest stages and here's a chance to be in front of all these fans against top tier competition i would be almost more surprised if he doesn't play like the last 20 or 30 minutes at least maybe a small cameo so he's not exerting himself too much but you gotta think he wants to get up and play against mls sides i I, I agree with you. I I mean, we all know he is a, he is a showman. You know, he 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 knows that uh, that we want to see him out there. So I think, yeah, I think we could see him in maybe the last twenty or or something like that. You know, to to get get a little bit on his legs. But we we also know what we're going to get from him day in and day out. You know, we uh, I think in a, in a game like that, I think Carterone is going to be looking at at our new signings and kind of seeing us where they measure up. Are there are there any New York Red Bull players that you guys, from a selfish standpoint, are really interested in seeing during this match? Well, one that I definitely want to see, I hope we get the chance to see him, is is Fort Huachuca native Luis Robles. I would really love the opportunity to see him get some time, um, just for just for the fact that it you know it's another Arizona guy that's out in MLS, um, you know deserves the opportunity. For sure, you know, to, to play in his home state. I mean, I mean, what a what a great opportunity it would be for him, you know, and, and hopefully, you know, hopefully if he does get the opportunity to play, then, you know, then we'll, we'll have the opportunity to talk to him after the game and just uh, listen to what he has to say about, you know, seeing this grow in Arizona like it has. I, I too. I think I think Robles could could get the run out. I mean, that it's going to be the first game of the Mobile Mini Cup for the New York Red Bulls as well. So I think they'll be trying to to start off on the right foot and with a strong roster. Another uh, younger guy I would really like to see is Tyler Adams. Um, he's one that we've kind of seen grow develop after the past few years, and uh, I just I really his speed and his skill on the ball. I think he's going to be a uh, be one that I'll be looking forward to see out there. And, uh, you know, for me, a couple names, a little more obscure, but uh, one that just jumped off the page to me was Ryan Mira. Uh, Ryan Mira went to my undergrad school in New York, Fordham University, and uh, he had a great rookie year in MLS and then suffered a pretty bad injury. So of late, he's been in a backup role. So he does go down to play for uh, Red Bulls, too, at times. Um, so he's kind of stuck in that limbo. So I would love to see him actually get some time. Uh, you would think that he would get some time, uh, with the starting keeper. They probably wouldn't want to play the starting keeper. So it'd be kind of a cool thing for me. And then uh, (laughs) to see him and then another guy just that's interesting. They have this kid, Ben Mines on the MLS roster. This kid's only 17 years old. He's a homegrown player, uh, not the biggest guy, only 5'9", 140, but he's, I think he's made some U.S. Uh, under-18 national team appearances. Uh, he's made some appearances at the junior ranks. 
he would be an interesting guy to watch. So, and then of course Bradley Wright Phillips, if he gets any time, would be pretty cool. Yeah, that that would be pretty cool to see a uh, Bradley White, Wright Phillips out there. Do you guys want to even uh, venture to do any score predictions for that, or is that is that kind of unnecessary since it's preseason? Uh, I, I I think we're just more focused on wanting to see, you know, what what we can get from the you know get as far as tactically and see where things kind of fit up. I'm not as necessarily as big looking into the scores of these preseason games because you remember last year we couldn't win a preseason game to save our lives. So. And that's, I mean, that's one of the tough things that, that comes with preseason. You know, you're not, you're not going to have guys out there that are uh, familiar and able to put together as many uh, passes and everything. So yeah, I, I, I kind of agree. I don't, I'm not going to look as much as the results as the uh, the play on the field. Yeah, that's uh, that's a good way to look at it. Uh, not that it really necessarily matters, but I actually like our chances of getting at least a draw in this match. Uh, I think a lot of guys will have a lot to prove on our side, and the Red Bulls might be resting some players for their matches in Tucson against other MLS competition. Maybe you have fewer eyeballs on you down there, less pressure, and you get more of a chance to see how your competition goes up against MLS competition. So I definitely, I would, I like our chances to score at least one goal in this match. And, you know, maybe things break our way and we get a win. But, I mean, not that it necessarily matters too much. It's just, I think we're going to at least score a goal. So, and I think we will at least get a draw. I, I, so I'm sure I some so people too. will be happy about that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Shall we turn to some smaller uh, team news now? Yeah, let's turn into some team news. Uh, obviously, earlier this week, the, the team announced a, a three-year uh, jersey supplier. Uh, <clears throat> Dominic, you want to talk about that a little bit? Yeah, uh, I love this deal. So they signed a three-year deal with Macron, which not a very big brand stateside, if you will, but they do make a lot of kits for good European sides. Uh, they make, I mean, in my opinion, some very quality detailed kits. And I think they have a little bit more attention to detail than some of the bigger brands out there, the Nikes and Adidas of the world, whose second and especially third kits end up looking very similar regardless of which team that they're supplying. The designs are basically the exact same design. So I think Macron at least does a better job of customizing their jerseys. If you want to see some examples of what their products look like, you can check out uh, Lazio in Italy. They they do Nice in France. They do uh, I think they do a few La Liga teams. I think they do Deportivo La Coruña, and they had a pretty cool white and blue uh, home kit. They definitely do their fair share of teams. They do some national team jerseys in Europe, especially some of the some of the smaller sides, and. I want to say they do Stoke in the Premier League as well, uh, Stoke City. So there are definitely some examples around there. I think they have a couple other Serie A teams too. Bologna is one of them. So, yeah, I mean, check out some of those kits. I think the nice thing about having Macron is that they are going to 
give us more of a custom jersey look. And you're going to see some more inspired original designs, especially on the second and third. Uh, I would love to see some cool, you know, like maybe stripes or a sash or uh, some some sort of thing that breaks it up from just being a monochromatic jersey, just red. Not that there's anything terribly wrong with that, but I think we'll be able to see one of those more original designs with Macron. Yeah, I think so too. Um, I, I saw on Twitter Sam Dore did say that they the designs are custom. We'll have custom designs, no templates this season. So I think I think that was one big thing, one deciding factor in this. You know, we've always kind of prided ourselves on being the the most interesting team in the U.S. You know, so I think I think that's another another uh, aspect that we're looking to to add. Yeah, it'll be great to see. Uh, obviously, March 9th will be the unveiling of the jerseys. Uh, and Sam has has mentioned that jerseys would be on sale uh, that night as well. I mean, you know, it'll be interesting to see. You know, uh, assuming Mad Mad Decent stays on the, on the the front of the jersey, uh, it'll be interesting to see how the design kind of plays into that. But um, you know, like like we've like we've all said, this is a great deal for for Arizona United. Um, sorry, not Arizona, uh, Phoenix Rising. Uh, to get, you know, uh, a quality uh, jersey supplier. You know, obviously they've struggled in the last couple of years to, to make things right, and I think now they have done that. They went out and did their homework, and, and obviously, you know, like Sam said, some great designs coming, custom designs, so it's not, not going to look like anything it's looked like in the past, which will be great. So, uh, you know, looking forward to March 9th seeing those jerseys. Yeah, and, and one one last thought about it, I mean, we are going to be Macron's biggest soccer client in the United States, if not in all of North America. So they're going to want to put out a good product, I think. I think we will be pleasantly surprised when those jerseys come out because they are not going to want to screw up their first chance to uh, break into the North American soccer market. Yeah. So, yeah. Definitely, definitely. I'm, I'm very excited to, to see what they come up with. And the other... The other bit of team news this week, you know, uh, big shout out to uh, PGA professional golfer Kevin Tway for carrying Phoenix Rising on the on the bag this week at the Waste Management Phoenix Open. Uh, great job in the first two days. He's he uh, came through at three under par, so uh, made it to the weekend. So two more days of seeing the the Rising bag out there. Um, Good, good to see that Phoenix Rising put themselves out there. I mean, obviously last year they were out at the Waste Management Open for the first time, uh, trying to promote things out there. But to get uh, Kevin Tway on the bat, you know, on the bag for this week, and then, uh, you know, not only that, but to have the opportunity to win that bag, uh, you know, go to PhoenixRising.com, and uh, you'll see places there to sign up to win the bag. I mean, you know, what better opportunity? We live in a, a wonderful state to go golfing as much as we possibly can but to be able to win that bag and to take it out wherever you want to go uh, that would be something definitely interesting and special yeah I mean I, I I have yet to see another soccer team advertise on a golf bag so I think I think that's a first for uh for Phoenix Rising so it's it's just it, it's awesome the uh the ingenuity they've kind of brought to marketing this team you know, you're not seeing things that are done regularly by uh, by other clubs. So I love that. 
hopefully enough people will remember that bag to actually make sure to register. And uh, even if they're not going to register, maybe some of those people out there will actually remember that bag and remember to show up at our matches this year. Yeah. Uh, we'll, we'll see what percentage of people actually do that, but I hope they're all having a good time out there. <laughs> well, let's get into some, uh, some quick league news. Uh, some, some interesting news coming out of the league this week. Uh, let's, let's first of all, talk about the rules changes for, for the 2018 season. Uh, some interesting changes uh, that the league ha- has brought out. Uh, first of all, uh, one of the big things was that they're going to add a fourth sub this year for USL Cup matches um, in the playoffs. So that that obviously, you know, we, you know, we don't want to rehash old memories, but that definitely would have been a would have been a big help as far as uh, uh, getting us an opportunity to win that game against Swill Park. But uh, you know, now it becomes a reality. Um, Another interesting note, uh, games will now be official as of the 70th minute. It's not going to be after the first half like it's been in the past. So that was another interesting side rule. Um, A a rule that may turn out to help Phoenix Rising a lot, especially considering the number of uh, international players that we have right now, teams can sell or trade international roster spots throughout the season and there's no limit as to the number of spots that can be traded or sold there's they're set with seven (coughs) excuse me they're set with seven as they start the season but teams can sell and trade them as much as they want throughout the season which i think will be interesting seeing if patrice carteron will use those in any way possible um the final rule change um the final two rule changes that are big uh, they've added an injured reserve spot now for the, for legitimate injuries, uh, so that that you know I think last year that would have helped in the case of say a Luke Rooney they could have put him on IR for the season, and and could have used a roster spot there somewhere else. Um, the final rules change is that this year the teams have to provide a 23-man roster 48 hours prior to the match that they're playing in. And that of that 18-man roster, then that they submit on game day, no more than five can be USL Academy products. So those are some of the interesting rules changes that are coming up in 2018. Uh, your thoughts, guys, on that? Uh, for me, the one that the one that stinks out the most is the uh, the the addition of the new the international spots. Being able to to purchase that, I think for Phoenix, especially a team that you know we kind of. We have a mix, I think, of of local North America guys and international players. I think that could be a could be something that we could use to our advantage. And I, I think there will be a few other teams that you know, with the deeper pockets, that are able to kind of take advantage of that. Yeah, I heard a critique of it earlier this week, and I think it was from uh, a supporter of one of the one of the MLS developmental sides. I think it was an RGV uh, fan and podcaster saying that this would create a greater gap between the haves and the have nots in USL. I honestly don't think that that's wrong. I mean, that probably is going to help us out, us being one of the haves, but every league in the world, there are haves and have nots. That's kind of how an open market works. And that's what soccer is built upon. So I don't really see that as being a problem 
it's a little bit easier to say that when you have owners that are willing to get those good players uh, from international places. But I mean, if you're if you're going to have a problem with that kind of a structure, then uh, newsflash: that's kind of how all the leagues around the world, especially the big leagues in Europe, work. So, um, as for the extra sub uh, in extra time rule. I think that that's a good one. I had heard that that's actually been used in the FA Cup. It was started in 2017 where they used that. And so also was, I think, used in MLS for the playoffs last year. So, I mean, it makes sense, you know, could potentially reduce injury risk uh, by not forcing a player to play through a minor injury. And then, you know, from a tactical standpoint, it just gives you more flexibility, which, you know, very briefly going back to the match against Swope would have been quite helpful. Yeah. Uh, the I think those were my thoughts on those rules. Uh, oh, I mean, the 70th minute one shouldn't affect us too much. No. So I don't really. Yeah, I, I can't. I mean, there there weren't really any instances last year where that would have affected us. And I don't I don't see any in the future, but yeah. never know. Yeah. Uh, another interesting league note this week that came out uh, came out of Sacramento. Uh, technical director and head coach Paul Buckle uh, stepped down uh, from his role. Um, in in the general manager's role comes uh, former LA Galaxy player uh, Todd Donovan, and stepping in now as the head coach is uh, former MLS EPL World Cup player Simon Elliott. Uh, interesting that these changes come merely weeks right before uh, the season starts. Uh, uh, what, a, what a shakeup up in Sacramento. It, it seems like, yeah, they, they're kind of going for a front office overhaul, if you will. I mean, uh, I I think a lot of us were kind of surprised by it. Um, one thing that, that I wonder is if them not getting the MLS expansion this time around, if that had anything to do with this move. I, I kind of wonder if if they're looking towards the future and trying to uh, get MLS's eye with these uh, new new hirings. And perhaps they will, but mm-hmm. you know, in the short term, that's a pretty tough thing for a lot of those players, returning players, new players to have to deal with because you know, especially if imagine being signed in January with the old regime. And then, wow, you're just getting settled in two weeks later. Boom, your coach and your GM are gone. Have fun. Oh, also, preseason starts in two weeks and the season starts in six. Yeah. Well, I think I wonder if the other interesting thing is, and and I don't know if anybody's thought about this, uh, Paul Buckle married to NBCSN sports commentator Rebecca Lowe, who does a lot of work out of the East Coast, and you wonder if this has become a situation similar to what happened with uh, 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 last year with with our coach. Um, oh, uh, Frank Yallop. With, with Frank Yallop, yeah. yeah. Yep. You wonder if this is a similar situation that Yallop left for personal reasons, for family reasons. You wonder if Buckle may possibly be leaving for the same reason, being the fact that, that he and his wife have been so far apart you know, for all this time, you wonder if that's been playing a havoc into into that role as well. Of course, we'll never know the answers to that question, but you know that's that that's an interesting dynamic to think of there. Yeah, I, I mean, 
I not being big Sacramento uh, fans, I don't really know how much more I can add to this situation. I don't know if you guys have any more to add. That was great insight as it was. Yeah, no, I, I, that's that's all I had. So. Yeah, no, I I'm good. Yep. Uh, another note from this week from the league: uh, Fresno uh, revealed its jerseys uh, earlier this week. Uh, five designs that they came out with. Uh, really, really uh, interesting looking designs. Dominic, you had a look at them. It looks like Hotspur. <laughs> it looks exactly like Tottenham Hotspur. They they think, do, especially I the white one. I, I I see Harry Kane wearing it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, even so, like. Even that that light blue with the sash wasn't that Spurs' second or third jersey a couple years back. I think it was like, their third. Yeah. Could so I could swear this is like literally Tottenham Hotspurs jerseys from like 2017 or 2016. Like every single one of these kits looks like a Hotspur kit. So if you're living in the Fresno area and you happen to be a Tottenham Hotspur fan, this is the team for you. If not. <laughs> Hate Spurs. I mean, uh, a few of my friends are big Arsenal fans. Well, there's another reason to hate Fresno because Fresno is Hotspur. Fresno <laughs> is the Tottenham Hotspur of USL. That's their whole shtick. I mean, they're clean. They're clean kits. I mean, from a neutral perspective, they look really nice. Um, you know, like the, they're clearly emphasizing navy blue. They have it in all three of them, and yet they're all good designs, quality designs. Uh, especially by USL standards, so. Yeah, that they are. Uh, the last note we'll get into uh, league-related this week. Uh, Las Vegas is starting to fill out their roster finally. Uh, a lot of uh, the the beginning signings from Vegas were more of a local flair. Uh, the latest signings that they've made uh, for their team have been more of a Mexican international flair. Uh, interesting dynamic that they're starting to build there in Las Vegas. Yeah, I think the biggest two names that come to mind are uh, they signed Joel Huicui and Gerardo Lugo. Uh, Both players received caps for the Mexican national team. They're both in their 30s now. Uh, Huicui is 34 and Lugo is 33 now. Um, But they've, they've really made it an emphasis to get guys with Liga MX experience uh, some guys, second division of Liga MX East, but uh, their coach, uh, Ch- Coach Chelis, has coached in Liga MX East as well. So um, that's going to be their approach, and hopefully it works out better for them than uh, Omar Bravo did on the field for us. But, you know, good for them for charting out a new direction, kind of like we have cornered the market on African talent. Good for them for going out and getting a lot of great Mexican talent. You know, it could be one of those situations where there certain teams in Mexico just aren't giving their guys a fair shot, or there's just too much talent for you know maybe the, just the first and second division down there, and these guys want a chance to uh, come stateside, enjoy a great quality of life, and you know play in a league that's getting better and better every year. I mean, good for them. Yeah, I I totally agree. I think, I mean, there is a lot of talent in Mexico, and I think that's one of those places that uh, in the USL, we haven't seen many, many players coming from there. I I don't know if it's players um, wanting to stay and play in Mexico, but I think, I think especially from a Las Vegas FC standpoint, I mean, who, who wouldn't love to go uh, live in Las Vegas for a year and 
in place. So I, I think they are definitely tapping a, uh, a new market. Yeah, that, they de- that they definitely are. So I think that brings us a close to uh, league notes for this week. Um, let's move into uh, supporters questions. Uh, some great, some great questions again this week from our supporters section. Yeah, there, there are a few. Um, the first one is, I think, a question that is on everyone's mind. And let me pull up the original question here. It's from uh, Brandon SK. And the, the last five letters there are E-S-Q-U-E. Which keeper begins the season as the starter? Well, if I had to put my money... <coughs> Excuse me. If I have to put my money on it right now, I would probably say Carl Wazinski just for the experience factor. I mean, this is his fourth year with the club. I mean, and he's he's well traveled around this league. He's played, you know, here in Orlando City. Uh, you know, I think he has the experience right now over Burner and Dallas J. You know, but I I don't think you can go wrong at this point with any of the three guys that you do have on this roster. I, you know, I would not be surprised if you see at least two of them, you know, getting a, you know, close to a 50-50 split on this roster. I really don't. Yeah, I, I, I totally agree. I think, I think Wazinski will get the start just to, yeah, his experience. You know, I think Carterone knows what he's going to get in, in, in preseason. I think that we'll see Burner and uh, Jay predominantly. Um, but I, I do think Wazinski will win the starting job, but I, I also think that will depend on how preseason goes. You know, if, if Burner is uh, posting some shutouts during preseason, maybe maybe we see him get the nod. I think it's it's kind of going to depend on how, uh, how preseason develops. That's a great point. Uh, it kind of feels like a, you know, a, a team with two or three quarterbacks going into training camp and they're not sure who the starter is going to be. Uh, or a baseball team looking for a fifth starter or something comes down to two or three guys, you know, and it's good that you bring that preseason point up because last season it came down to Josh Cohen and Wazinski and, you know, Cohen had some decent performances and I think he was getting most of the starts and then Wazinski was between the sticks for one match against Orange County and he had a really rough go of it. I mean, not too many people saw it because it was it was in California. Uh, I just happened to be there for that match, but uh, just a really unfortunate day, a couple tough errors, and I think that played a role in Josh Cohen getting the starting role and really running with it until he suffered an injury in August. So, you know, I think all of these guys are going to have to come out there with their A game if they want any chance of starting. And you know, who begins the season as a starter? Probably Wazinski, but we don't know yet. Things can change. I think the feeling last year was that Wazinski was going to start. And then I think people were a little bit surprised when it was Cohen on opening day. So, you know, that job is still there for the taking. I think the even more interesting question is who is going to be the starter in July? And I think by that point, it will be Burner. And another thing I could see is Dallas J getting time in U.S. Open Cup and potentially getting more time, you know, during mids, during midweek matches and that kind of a deal. Because with Dallas J, part of the move was that he didn't get enough time with FC Cincinnati 
being behind uh, Mitch Hildebrand, that's very understandable. But he wanted to get his career started off here, like get some more experience. So I don't, I don't think he's going to be satisfied with only four or five matches in all combined competitions. So, you know, I think whoever it is, we're in good hands. And I guess Wazitsky's the clubhouse leader, but no one's there yet. <laughs> You're right there. Yep. One one last question, and I don't know if we're the best people to answer this. Uh, what TIFO ideas do you have? So, I mean, we really, like, that's probably a better question for the supporters groups. Um because they're they're the ones that masterminded some really nice ones last year. I think both groups came out with some great designs. Um, I was it Red Fury that had a really nice one against San Antonio FC. Um, they both had some great designs. I mean, Banditos had a big banner too. Or I guess the better way would be: Do you guys have any ideas of TFOs you would like to see? I, yeah, I mean, uh, there's there's a few that come to mind. I mean, I think I think we all would love to see a uh, a big Drogba popping out of the crowd, you know, with his his famous celebration. Um, another that I personally would love to see being a local would be something with like the Phoenix kind of maybe Tempe Town Lake skyline would be would be something cool. Um, but I, as far as ideas, I mean. I kind of feel like that's something that the uh, the supporters groups, you know, they'll have to kind of brainstorm what they're going to do. Um, I would I would like to see a collaborative TIFO though with both supporter groups. I think that would be something really cool that you don't you don't see often to see Bandidos and La Furia Roja or the Red Fury now get together and uh, and do something as a joint venture. Yeah, and they definitely have the manpower and. Uh, woman power to get together and make it happen um so that's that's an interesting proposal a couple that could just be fun um i was thinking a couple mount rushmore types maybe one mount rushmore type of just you know the front four like just the fearsome attackers with uh you know drogba jason johnson kevon freiter and billy forbes that would be cool another one would be like a, a tp mazambe to phoenix kind of Mount Rushmore of Carterone, uh, Awako, Asante, and Frimpong now. Like, that would be kind of cool. Uh, so I'm sure people could have some fun with that. See, with that TP Mazembe one you just brought up, my uh, what popped to my mind, the image was George Washington crossing the Delaware with Carterone <laughs> as George Washington and, oh, and you know, like them in the, in like the boat that. with him just making the journey. I, I think that could be uh, something oh. that... Put Someone get on that. That could be seats. epic. Yeah, yep. put Drogba in the seats back there. I like. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh my gosh! And then just have all those guys sitting behind him. I love it. Yeah, yeah, that'd be uh, that'd be good. <laughs> yeah, there. I'm sure. I'm sure we'll have some uh, some ideas to work with. Um, I'm sure you could have another another one like head west young man, and it could be like feral. Uh, the guys from San Antonio, Kavon Freighter, all like walking to uh-huh. a big Arizona or something like that. That could be fun. I'm, I'm sure we'll get to see some cool designs. I don't, Jeff, you're a little quiet here. You got anything in mind? You know, I, I think it would depend on the, on the, you know, maybe 
maybe like a, a fearsome foursome if, if the back line starts to get uh, itself mm. aligned at some point maybe you could have like a fearsome foursome uh, 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 Tifo with you know with you know those four guys acting like a stone wall um, I think you gotta do I think at some point near the end of the season you've got to do something Drogba related just to thank him for everything he's done you know I mean that's that's gonna be something cool when we get to that point um, you know I, I I love your you know I, I love your TP Mazembe to, to Arizona I, that is a great one I mean I I wouldn't have thought of that one in a million years. Yeah, I think I think that could be something that uh, you know might get around the internet if we if we posted that. I think that would get a get a few likes. So yeah, Carter run crossing the Atlantic. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Well, I think that's it for our supporters section questions. So we should probably wrap up this week's episode. What are you guys' final thoughts? Well. Final thought is, you know, come loud, come proud Saturday night to, to watch your, your boys play against the New York Red Bulls. But like we've said, let's temper the expectations. Let's just see the talent that's out on the field. Let's let's give them an opportunity to, to just get out there and play for a change. I mean, they've had the opportunity to do some practicing, you know, but, but you know, practice is nothing like a game. But, you know, temper the expectations. Let's just – see how things kind of shake out, you know, enjoy the fact that you have MLS quality clubs coming to your stadium to come play games. Uh, two or three years ago, you would have never expected that. So, you know, best of luck to these guys this week. And uh, let's enjoy the preseason. Totally. I, 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 I'm just excited. You know, I'm, I think this season is going to be, be better than last. And I, I think that we just need to, uh, like you said, be loud and proud and, and come out and show the boys that we're we're ready for the season to start, and I'm sure they are too. Yeah, the preseason is a time for celebration, uh, celebrating the success we had last year, celebrating what's hopefully to come in the 2018 season. And, uh, you know, the best way to do that is to get loud, show up early, uh, be there the full 90 minutes, and, uh, and show your support for all those matches, including... One dollar beer night on Valentine's Day. So if you got your Valentine, take uh, take him or her over there. If you don't have a Valentine, one dollar beers are a great way to find one. So either way, <laughs> either way, you can't go wrong, right? Yeah. No, I think I think when uh, when they were looking at this, I think they saw dollar beer night as a win win. You know, on on Valentine's Day, I don't think it I don't think it gets any better for a date night. <laughs> Or a night that ends up being a date night. Right. <laughs> Very true. <laughs> well, I think that's going to do it for this week. Um, it's been a pleasure, our first episode, all three of us together. And we plan on having a lot for next week. There's going to be a season ticket holder event on February 8th. We'll try to get some interviews there. Hopefully some of the team owners or the front office personnel will be there so we can get an interview there. Uh, if not, we'll try to do as much as possible on February 10th when the New York Red Bulls come to town. So definitely stay tuned for next week's episode. It's going to be a great one. And do you guys have anything else to say? Go Rising. Yeah, I'm good. Go Rising. All right. Go Rising. See you all next week. And we'd like to thank our sponsor, Roughneck Scarves, 
Roughneck Scarves is the official scarf supplier for MLS, USL, and US soccer. So be sure to go to roughneckscarves.com and get some of their products. We hope you enjoyed the show.